more grumbling. Stop your cries. On a treasure, uh, treasure, yeah. It could be far away from here or under your nose. You could find it today, yesterday, tomorrow. I just wanna feel happy as can be. Hello and welcome to Q&A Quest episode 106. I am your host, Agent Wheels of the FBY, and with me as always... David McBurney, random civilian, Canva <laughs> Master, whatever. Uh, Michael Baker, Gaijin Monogatari, secret special agent for who knows what. Okay. Probably Interpol, I guess. Maybe, sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to shoot you now, sorry. I expected that. This is how all my friendships end. <laughs> somebody tries to shoot you. Usually they succeed. But you get better. That's good to know. And our special guest, introduce yourself. <laughs> hey, I'm here too. This is Matt, uh, Platinum Three from RP Gamer. I'm uh, also playing along with the FBY right now. Yes. Wondering my way through it all. Yes. Uh, Federal Bureau of Yo- Yokai. Is that what it is? That's oh what yes. Yes. The Y files. The Y files. <laughs> Blunder and folly. Oh, that's how they translated it. Yes, that's, it a good, that's a good choice on that. Uh, yep. So we do have to open up with some uh, Yokei Watch 3 talk, because Matt and I have been playing I'm gonna go over here right now. a ton of this over, <laughs> over the weekend. I think, I I mean, I think I'm up to nine hours here in three days. I uh, never play that much and that quickly. Uh, you're up like four hours on me then. <laughs> uh, but so far the localization has been uh, glorious. Fantastic. Yes, fantastic, including poking fun at itself, because the damn game still pretends that uh, none of this takes place in Japan. So they, <laughs> so they make a joke when Nate moves at the beginning of the game. They're like, "Oh, BBQ, that's so far away. It's like it's on another continent." <laughs> oh, you. And yes, America is called BBQ. <laughs> yes, that's, I mean that makes sense to me. There's nothing more American, yes. Yes. I love how they need translate. You need a translation, yokai, yes. to understand the people. Yes. Because it is so ridiculously southern. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to assume that all of them sound like Boomhauer from King of the Hill. <laughs> yeah, <worse>. just about. <laughs> oh, just... Hey, yokai. Clogging up my plumbing. It, it starts off, like, in, I'd say, like, the first 20 minutes. You get some great corn puns and the, the ridiculous corn yokai. Mm-hmm. It's just... Uh, I, I feel like... No. I feel like 2 did a lot of this, but I feel like this this game just fully embraces that this is like Pokemon, It's but it's just absolutely ridiculous. Oh, they definitely take it. I... I got a question about this one, because it, it was the first one right away that I was like, I wonder how well this translated from the Japanese. So, pretty early on, within the first hour, you need a linguist. You need a linguist yokai to help you translate what others are saying. But, take the word linguist, put an O there after the I, and you have linguist. So, there's a lion <laughs> yokai. And so, the lion is your linguist, your linguist. How did that that did that pun work? 
in Japanese. You know what? I'm I'm kind of curious now, so I'm just going to Google this. I'll let you know later. Because <laughs> um, I was like doing what? some active research. Because I haven't actually played these, so I, I can't tell you whether or not it's actually active. I can't even tell you what that character's name would be in Japanese yet. So um, give me a few minutes. All right. Yeah. I, I was has very... anybody has anybody made a joke about how it's like? Are you sure he's doing this correctly, or maybe he's lying? Oh, I haven't had that one yet. Because if they don't do that one, I'm going to be very, very mm. disappointed. The This random fan wiki gives its Japanese name as Peta Petaion. Oh, okay. Peta Peta is uh, like a Japanese um, concept word that means fluent. Oh. And so the last syllable would lead into the first syllable of lion. That makes sense. Okay. okay, so it does work That's that way. Kind of a perfect translation. Good job on their part. Yeah, I'd, yeah. Really, I'd really like to find... I put this out on Twitter. I really want to know like, who worked on this game, because I'd love to either just thank them or actually uh, see if we can get an interview for the site or something, because it's, it's probably probably be a fascinating discussion, just localizing <laughs> this game. I mean, I, I, remember, I remember talking to some people at TGS years ago, um, just other people who were visiting, and we were like, we're not sure how... I mean, nobody was quite sure if they were ever going to translate Yokai Watch because nobody could figure out how they might translate some of the incredible puns. <laughs> so if they have succeeded in this, then that those localizers deserve a, an award. Mm -hmm. uh, the best okay. one so far is the little car, whose name is O'Wheel. <laughs> good old... Good, uh, which, you know, any reference to wheels at all. Uh, earns Wheels Game of the Year nomination. It's true. We Wheels went and caught that one. Oh, I yeah, gave it. I gave it at least an hour and uh, discovered that the catching mechanic is still as ridiculous as ever in the series. Yeah, that's the one real downside for the series. Even still, it's just if you want to try and catch anything, um, it's there's no real easy way to do it. It's you may luck out and catch it the first try, or it could take forever. Yeah. I, I do like... I don't think this was in 2. The target now shows you what their favorite food is, right away. Does it? Yes, it does. Oh, when I you're targeting... Um, I don't know if it's the first time you fight one, but then the second time on, it'll tell you their elemental weakness, and in the bottom right of the target screen, it'll say favorite food. Oh. So, I'll tell you what, I spent about half my money on donuts. <laughs> And <laughs> because O'Wheel loves donuts. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I gave about eight donuts to eight different O'Wheels, and O'Wheel, I didn't get one. Uh -huh. Wow. I think I got it. It's the second or third try I managed to get it. Oh, man. It may, not, a whole it, it may not have even been with a donut, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty random. Uh, the other funny one you see like right away as part of the story is like I forget what its exact name was, but it's basically salty bacon. Yes, that's his name, salty bacon. Salty bacon, okay. And yep, yep. And he's quite salty. He's yes. uh, he's a grump. <laughs> Good time. And of course, but salty. And of course, the whole part of the quest right there is you need to crisp up some bacon. So. 
what yokai is better to do that than salty bacon himself <laughs> that one's a little right on the nose yeah they all are but that's why they're great so something I did not expect to find in the game because honestly I did not read up on this at all I love just being surprised by these games they're my guilty pleasure never look anything up and just go with it um, I just encountered basically the Blasters game buried in it oh yes <laughs> yeah. yep um, just right behind your house later in the game they're like hey you should go check it out back here something went running by I went there and Suddenly, there's the uh, the cast from the game, and as a matter of fact, I must have like half fallen asleep in the middle of it yesterday because I turned it on about 20 minutes ago, and I'm like, "Where the hell am I? And wait, what's going on here?" And oops, what was I doing I while I was asleep? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I vaguely remember shutting my 3DS last night and didn't really remember where I was, but suddenly a timer is going down, and I'm running around and. Um, <laughs> fighting like the Blasters Busters game. <laughs> I, I did not... I, I forgot what my objective was, so the time ran out, and that was the end of that. So It's almost like I'll your 3DS was inspirited or something. I might have been. <laughs> no, we're, we're talking about managing to fit the puns properly. <laughs> the, the Japanese name for salty bacon was kari-kari bacon, where kari-kari can mean crispy for bacon or foul-tempered, touchy, and irritable. <laughs> Which is so in fact, it translates almost perfectly to salty in this case. <laughs> wow! Yeah, and that's that was the part of the quest you needed to crisp up bacon, and salty bacon was there to do it. <laughs> Even better, apparently, the, the Italian name for him is Beccontrito, where contrito <laughs> is basically angry in Italian. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yokai puns will it will be the end of language. I mean, they're they're hardly even puns. They're just groaners. Pun <laughs> <laughs> adjacent up. wordplay. Yeah, it wouldn't in any way be the people who work on the Dragon Quest games, would it? Um, they, uh, level five, they made Dragon Quest eight, so correct. It may have been the same translation crew. Uh, I mean, like Nintendo has been known to hire a few places that have also translated Dragon Quest games. Specifically, I'm thinking of eight four, but you would see that on their website if it was the case. Yeah. I mean, Dragon Quest eight. A lot of the special monsters had ridiculously punny names because that's how level five made them originally. And that would have been reflected in the English translation, so it's similar in that case. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, even 9 to this day, uh, I'm on a couple Dragon Quest forums, and things get brought up, like, here 8 years later, 7 years later, and we're like, oh my god, we didn't even realize that was a pun. It was so deep. <laughs> <laughs> Too many layers. Yeah. There was a town called Zere, Z-E-R-E, -E, and yeah. some guy in the game was years later he decided to just run away in the middle of a mountain and recreate the town of Zir and he made it out of rocks so the town's name was Zir Rocks but <laughs> and it was an exact copy of I the hate town. everything about every part of that pun there's too many of them uh -huh. but 
you know, not reading it out loud, you never think about it. You're just looking at Z-E-R-E and then the word rocks. I never made that connection until like five years later somebody mentioned it. And I'm like, no way. No way. Yep, that fits. Oh, I will say the yokai ones are a little bit more on point. They're groaners all right, but uh, not ones that I have to wait years for. Yep. Uh, so I mean, we... they're also made for, like, Japanese grade schoolers, <laughs> for whom this is the height of humor. So. Are you calling us Japanese grade schoolers? <laughs> no, I'm just saying that you have an appreciation for the same level of jokes. <laughs> it's true, it's true. Dad uh, jokes are where a child's sense of humor and a 30-year-old man's sense of humor meet. Indeed. That's why they call them dad jokes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what do you think of the battle system so far, Matt? It, you know, eight, nine hours in, and it took probably about five hours to get used to it. Yeah. So I, was, I, I couldn't sit and watch TV and play the game at the same time until... Uh, about five hours in until I got to uh, maybe like one of the first dungeons where I could just be like, all right, I need to just do 10, 12, 15 battles in a row and get kind of get the muscle memory down. I needed to start uh, kind of like memorizing where my special attacks would go. It's, it's definitely different. Yeah. But I'll say I've loved yokai like that for a while because the battle systems, well, kind of it's going at its own pace. You can... You're doing a lot there. You're not just uh, sitting back and idly watching. Yeah, that's what I always loved about the the first one. Just <coughs> there's a lot going on, especially the boss battles. Like if, if you were under level oh, yes. in the uh, the boss battles in the first two games, you had to just <laughs> if you were playing with your stylus, you might wear out the touch screen. <laughs> Although I always used the button controls. I, I will say the stylus controls feel a little bit uh, more accurate sometimes. Yeah, especially the uh, like the connect the dots mini game. Oh Try, yeah, trying to do that with like the little the control nub is a pain. Mm-hmm. The one thing that the button controls are definitely better for though is the fishing. Like I found trying to like reel in the fishing rod with the touchscreen was like nearly impossible, and for some reason I assumed you had to do that with the touch screen until like I accidentally pressed the A button and saw that it was like reeling it in so but that was like 10 times easier just mash the oh. A button okay I have not uh I fished a little bit but I did not know I could do that with the A button yes and it is way way easier oh that is definitely good to know yep um one thing I do like better is the random when you're randomly walking by a tree and you want to get one in there, um, the yokai pops up. I like the ability to start a battle better that way with shooting it. Yep. Instead of just hovering a was the magnifying glass basically over it. Yeah, that was annoying. That that was, and I like the ability now to shoot it. It feels well, you're shooting something. It's more fun. Everything's more fun when you shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <coughs> Alright, anyway, we should probably get to some questions before we spend this whole show talking about Yokai Watch. 
No, no, keep doing that. I have a thing I have to be at for a few minutes soon. <laughs> uh, no, I was going. To, I was just about to bait you guys, and uh, I was looking at the Yokai Watch Four trailer and looking at the combat, and was like, this doesn't look anything like the last few games. No, but it. I mean, they kind of have to change it because uh, the first three games are all like based around the tut having two screens, so mm-hmm. they can't really. Do all the I'm same saying thing. is, yeah. for a few minutes while I'm gone, stretch for time by uh, having a discussion about how you feel about this change dynamic. I was gonna say I, I haven't seen it, but it's level five's usual mo to change some parts of the game dynamic whenever they switch to a new subset of the series. Yeah, I was just surprised and, by the amount of your character dodging and blasting things with a watch. Well, yeah, that's that would be a major change to the setting. Yeah, which is again is kind of the point. I mean, I mean, look, actually, no, I don't really know how much Inazuma Eleven changed between the original and the Go trilogy. The only thing I know about Inazuma Eleven is looking up where, where its plot went and seeing that it went from being like let's play soccer to soccer beyond time and space. <laughs> Yeah, that kind of sounds amazing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the Yokai Watch. I mean, the Inazuma Eleven Go series is sort of an element that existed in the third game, partly at one point. Hmm. No, I, I I liked Inazuma Eleven too. How it went from simply we must save our school from the dominating evil academy on the other side of town to space aliens invade with rocket powered soccer balls. <laughs> Oh, that's great. You know what? That's what every TV show does eventually. Every superhero show, everything on TV. I feel like it's it, The Flash and all those other TV shows. It all starts out with like, oh, this one guy's doing this one thing to three people. I saved them. It's fine. And then, you know, about five episodes in, you're saving the space-time continuum. And you're like, yeah. seriously, where does it go from there? The only character the Flash needs to fight for me to care about any given adaptation is Gorilla Grodd. Yeah. <laughs> True. Have everything fight something that is basically Gorilla Grodd. But yeah, that's that's kind of the problem that a lot of shonen anime, manga, and games have with the uh, continuous escalation of everything. So, I mean, I've seen series with that dealt with it by simply going in a completely random alternate direction. That's what JoJo's Bizarre Adventure did. Yeah, well, many times. I was thinking Yu Yu Hakusho, actually. Because they had, yeah, had the huge... They had the, the requisite huge tournament battle, mm-hmm. which made everything look like it was going to go into a Dragon Ball direction for just being overpowered. And Then they send the main character into the spirit realm where, think, where the actual rules of reality keep getting bent in different ways that have nothing to do with actual power levels. Mm-hmm. So, like, there was a room where if you said three syllable, particular syllables in Japanese in a particular order, regardless of context, you got sent into comatose land, basically. <laughs> and the only way they got past it was because one of the characters managed to fake out the guy in charge of the rules. So, so stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> so it's kind of... That's kind of what Level 5 does, is they go three games into a series and then they completely change some basic part of the concept and have fun with it in a different way. Hmm. I haven't even watched any of this stuff for Yokai Watch 4. How is it going to be this kind of somewhat 
turn-based affair, or is it going more action, or action? I honestly don't know either way. I just know that the actual time frame is quite a bit different. Okay. It, it looked to me, I think I only watched it once though, relatively like uh, Nino Kuni on the PS3. Sort of like that. Not exactly, but that's just like the basic vibe I got from it. Yeah. Awesome. Never yeah. had a PS3, so I missed that. I actually started playing Nino Kuni, um, the first one. Or, yeah, I mean, on the uh, original. Okay. DS version. Sorry, ah. DS. The DS version's fun. I've heard you extol its virtues on the backtrack. Yep. Do you have the book? I, as a matter of fact, I do. The book is I, uh, great. Awesome. Also, anybody, if, anybody out there, if you run a copy with the book, I found one at a used store the other day for about eight bucks. I so, actually, oh, wow. I found it on Amazon, like U.S. Amazon, for like twenty bucks a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> obviously, ordered it because that's ridiculously cheap. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, looking at pictures now, yes, this looks a lot like Nino Kuni PS3 version battle. Yeah. Which itself was very similar to um, um, Fantasy Life in some ways. Oh. I, uh, I'm going to be talking about Fantasy Life if we uh, get to one of those questions that came up earlier. I was actually uh, replying earlier today on that. Hmm. Uh, well, maybe we should just jump to that question. Go for it. Let's go. <laughs> Which question is that? Um, favorite RPG of the decade. Favorite oh. RPG of the decade is Fantasy Life? I, I will say, <laughs> as something different that I've really enjoyed, I wasn't going to put that as my number one, hmm. but that is something that kind of came out of nowhere, and I really, I think I put like 150 hours into it, and I bet if I put two more into it, I would 100% that game. Wow. Yeah. Which, personally, has been your favorite RPG this decade? Mm. There, I mean, I appreciate the question, Eternal Youth, but I'm not sure if you appreciate exactly how many RPGs I have played in the last ten years. <laughs> <laughs> many. Um, I mean, when we're talking triple digits, this is going to be kind of difficult to pick out. Um, I would, You know, um... It's also really difficult to do without actually mentioning games I've already mentioned in previous installments. Um, as anyone who's listened to me rant for the last year or so probably knows what my favorite games are already. So, um, would you like to take a guess, Wheels, which ones I'm about to say? <coughs> From this past decade? Yeah. Um, Legend of Legacy? Yes. Alliance Alive? Yes. Um... You own several of these because uh, I, I know Metal I Max. Mailed. Which Metal one? Max. Um, three. Well, technically two, three, and four. Two, sure. three, and four. <laughs> well, I thought you meant which one, like out of those, would be your favorite. I'd say probably four, actually, just because it was so over the top. Um, and technically, Saga two and Saga three would count because they follow within the last ten years. Did they? Was that um... two thousand nine? Right. That's right, yeah. I was thinking just like specifically like 2010 to like now, but. I yeah. was kind of thinking, yeah, this 
decade as well, yeah. Yeah. Like maybe 11 through 20 or... No, because, I mean, this decade's not over yet, so we just have to keep going 10 years into the past. But yeah, oh, Fair on. enough. I'll include those remake. Was Saga... Th- so then Saga 3 remake was, what, 2010? About, 2011? yeah. Okay. I think I'm going to have to check the exact dates, but... You had to pick one, though. What would it be? Like one, your favorite RPG of the whole decade. See, this is why I do not like questions with the word favorite in them, because I am allowed to like all of them that I want. <laughs> so. so, but yeah, uh, Saga I, I, 2 remake was 2009, so Saga 3 would have to be 2010. Okay. I think I can uh, say what my favorite is, and it, it's recent, so maybe that colors it, but it um, Dragon Quest Eleven. being mm. a huge Dragon Quest fan, I, I, I'm almost unabashedly can say that's my favorite Dragon Quest, and being my favorite series, it's got to be number one of the past decade for me. Hmm. I really and need to play that sometime. Really hit everything. Have you played the 3DS version at all? Uh, no. no, that's what I mean. I have to say I have to play it yeah. sometime. Uh, that is, that is a, <laughs> I definitely want to play through the 2D version. Now that I know the story enough to get through, I think I could uh, probably do so. Mm. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I have no interest in the 3D version of the 3DS one. I, <laughs> I want to play. <laughs> I'm like, why, why do I just want to play the same game with lower... 3D-ish graphics. No, I want to play old-school, flat Dragon Quest Eleven. I've been making Perler Bead. I made the entire party in Perler Beads from the uh, 2D sprites. <laughs> that was fun. My kids loved that because they sat for 100 hours, or at least a good portion of it, watching me play. Hmm. So tell us more about fantasy life. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. That game was ridiculous repetitive. I'm not a huge um, action RPG fan. I mainly play turn-based stuff for the most part. But I don't know what it was about that game that just sucked me in. And 100 plus hours later, I was like, my gosh. I I will say Rune Factory is one of my top favorite series. And Rune Factory 4 was great. And I don't know, it, that came out a little bit after Rune Factory 4, and not knowing if we'll ever get another Rune Factory, that just really struck that. I, I always called a Fantasy Life was Rune Factory minus Harvest Moon. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I really kind of wish that they'd stuck to the, um, like, having it be more unique for each job. Oh, God, I wish you to try every single job possible. <laughs> and I was, I went into that game thinking, you know, whatever, I'll do a couple of the jobs. Well, like I said, 150 hours later, and I've maxed that was a 12 jobs. I yeah. bought the DLC, bought the DLC, so got to the god level of I think nine or ten of them, and it might have been the wizard one that was, <laughs> gosh, just so hard to cast spells. At certain things, and one of the god level things was 
cast this spell on these type of monsters, you know, 30 times or whatever. And I just <laughs> never got that one. Might have been that and the archer. I just couldn't do a couple of the attacks enough. I was going to say, some of the some of the little mini-games for the crafting would have been t- just really uh, repetitive. It, it is. It, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't in any way difficult, which is why I got to that highest difficulty on all of them. But yeah, they were very, very similar. They, they could have really, if they ever come out with another one, they've got room to improve. Yeah. But uh, that, definitely up there, I would say that. And Persona 4 Golden mm. and Dragon Quest Eleven. That, that could be a top three for me in the past decade. To think what would rank up there, it's my top three. Probably Alliance Alive for sure. Uh, Pokemon Moon, and then the third one, like, who knows? Because there's like Dark Souls. Uh, <laughs> um, too many, <laughs> too many. Um. Persona 4, obviously. Uh, if I could sneak in Spider-Man as an RPG, I'd throw that in there. <laughs> uh, I'd probably end up being Breath of the Wild, though, I'd have to say. Although I have yet to play Dragon Quest Eleven, so I don't know where, if that'll get in there or not. But, I mean, it's it's been... It's been a good, very good decade for RPGs, I will say that. Definitely. Alright, let's see what other questions we got. Um, was the the decade one, was that from episode 105 or 104? That was from 105. 105, yeah. Let's see... How do you feel about minigames in an RPG? Do you feel they enhance your enjoyment or waste your time? Cough, dodging lightning, <laughs> which are your favorite ones, <laughs> and what <laughs> ones you thought were garbage? This de- this depends entirely on how well done the game, the minigame is, and if it's an afterthought or not. Yeah, it really does. Uh, and for that matter, or if it's required to play, in which case it often gets even more annoying. Um, the worst one I think I have played which thankfully is not present in the Western versions, is the... I'm just going to call it the petting minigame from Fire Emblem Fates that they (laughs) eventually removed from the Western version. Any of the borderline hentai touching games, no. Yeah. Well, this one was particularly just ridiculous. It was just... Was it up there with um, Criminal Girls or... Starfrost Amazons? No, and I'm going to tell you uh, because it it acts like it wants to be that without any of like anything suggestive in the slightest. Oh, poser. <laughs> yes, okay. exactly. That's, that's bizarre. So it's it's not even like offensive or anything. It's just it's just stupid. <laughs> It's like, why? <laughs> what is the point of this? If you're gonna go there, commit <laughs> to it, right? Exactly. And if you're not, why even bother? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for a good mini game, 
first thing is don't make it necessary for the plot. Right. Preferably. Mm-hmm. Or if it is, make it so that actually beating it is not necessary for the plot, but just the experience is needed for some reason. Um, have some benefit to playing it outside of the plot, if you want. Or just make some fun, random little thing that you can discover on your own, like the jump rope game in Final Fantasy IX. So. I forgot well, since you one. brought up Final Fantasy, I'll uh, have to say that Blitzball in Final Fantasy X, and for the life of me, I can't remember why it was so much fun. But dear God, I would say probably half my playtime on that was spent in Blitzball. <laughs> yeah. I went undefeated. I was like 57-0 and 0 or something at one point. I was like, okay, I just need to finish this game off and be done. Yeah. So Blitzball is a good example of one that's pretty well done. It's well integrated with the plot and also completely avoidable past the one necessary moment in, in the game. Yep, and I, maybe that's why I love it so much. It didn't ever feel like it was something I needed to do. And I just wanted to do it. I kept going back to it. Um, I would say so far all the mini games in Yokai Watch 3 are pretty fun. Yeah. Like there's an eating mini game that's basically like a rhythm game that's pretty hilarious. That is. <laughs> <laughs> And man, they, they shove you right... That's the first thing you do in the game. Yep. And you do it again when you move to BBQ. You have a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure this will pop up many more times. Because that's what you do in fake Florida. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, I'm from the St. Petersburg area, so that adds a whole other layer to this. <laughs> the fact that I'm playing in St. Petersburg and I loved the X-Files 20 years ago when it was out. Oh my gosh. The, I mean, this is just hitting all the right spots. Yeah. I love how they, at the beginning, they're talking about like, oh, what, you know, how serious is this? And they're like, oh, it's a level five. Oh God. That <laughs> was like, an awesome oh, love intro. <laughs> so, what is this? What? <laughs> you so the two FBY agents are uh, driving down the road and they're coming up to uh, a crashed UFO in the middle of the road and they're like they're discussing like how big a deal this is and they're like wow this file or this event could be classified as like a level 2 maybe a level 3 or wow if it could even get serious to level 5 <laughs> and, uh, and then the words level 5 become the logo and come at you in the screen and there you go. Developed by level five. <laughs> the second they started saying, like, oh, level two, level three, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. They're going to go there, aren't they? <laughs> yes, they yeah. are. You yeah. tell they were going there. Yep. You can always assume they're going to go there, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh. it, it's going to be hard to. Uh, put all the puns down for a little bit. I, I gotta really get back to Etrian Odyssey Nexus and finish that up for review. Yeah, but I need to pl- it, it I need completely to play different game. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even opened my copy of that yet. Oh. I, I've got like fifty some hours into it 
in uh, uh, the past three weeks. So, is it as big as everyone is saying? Yes, it oh, really God. is. <laughs> I I thought I was uh, initially I thought, oh my God, this is gonna be like a ninety-hour game. And then as I was moving through recently, I came to I think there's gonna be four of these since they're the South Shrine, the North Shrine, the East Shrine. I figure there's just going to be four of them. I don't know what comes after that part of the game, though. Um, but I was like, oh, yeah, I just hit the third out of four. You know, I must be getting kind of close here. Um, I'm getting kind of close. I'm even not that close, but I'm like two-thirds of the way to the level cap. I'm like, you know, this game's about 60, 70, 80% done. And hadn't even checked my guild card or whatever. And looking at the amount of items I've collected, it's like 42%. Which, you know, I probably missed a lot. But then looking at the monster, um, how many monsters I've found, uh-huh. it's like almost exactly at 50%. I tell you what, I have searched every corner, I have fought every battle. Just seeing that number 50%, I'm like, oh crap. Oh boy. <laughs> it's like something's going to break the world and suddenly the world map's going to be completely different or you're going to be on another planet or something. Yeah, I mean, you're working your way to the Yggdrasil the tree. And that seems like the goal, but I have a feeling now that once I get to the tree, there's going to be quite a few floors there that you got to go through, too. And I mean, I'm... A, what is it? Most of the games are... You go through 25 floors, and that's the end boss. Yep. I've, I'm in Labyrinth number 9. All of those labyrinths have had three or four floors. There's side dungeons... So I've probably done 30-some floors already. Oh, my God. And, yes, I've encountered half the monsters in the game. Exactly. (laughs) So I will say it's fun. I did uh, plop down a couple dollars to get the little experience boost DLC just to make my game a little quicker, a little faster. (laughs) I I tried dipping down to the uh, picnic difficulty it has, but I was like... One-shotting bosses. I'm like, no, this is way too overpowered. I at least want to feel a little bit of challenge. So, yeah, to roll credits, this might be 80, 90 hours. Which I'm fine with. I I, I do love the game, but... That's a fitting way to send the series off, I would say. Oh, it is. You've got a labyrinth (laughs) from all the other games. You've got bosses from all the other games. I swear, every other boss I encounter, I'm like, oh. I almost kind of remember, like, wait a minute, this guy's going to be weak to poison. I can bind this guy's arms. It's pretty neat. Sweet. Oh, looking forward to the review when you finish it in, like, another month or two. (laughs) Yep. uh, (laughs) Maybe next year. That'll be be my spring break review. (laughs) I, I got... I got my impression out the uh, exact minute that the embargo lifted, so... Nice. But, but, yeah, knowing that the review would be way down the line. Yeah. (laughs) Alright, let's see. Questions? Yes. I'm just going to take a quick look back at the last episode. See what we missed. What are some games that exceeded your expectations of them? This is from Budai. 
Oh, again, several games I've mentioned in the past. Maple Story, single player comes to mind. So, uh, let's see what else. Something that really exceeded expectations. <sighs> Hard to say. <sighs> I mean, when you're writing columns about games months in advance of them actually getting released it's hard to actually say that your expectations were ruined or enhanced one way or the other because you mm. kind of know what's coming true and if it turns out to be different from what you expect it's usually for the worse <laughs> much, worse. <laughs> much much worse to the point where i've got one review that begins with an apology to anyone who read stuff about this in japan demonium um <laughs> that game is awful um. Hmm. Okay. Um, a DS game called Koroke, um Heroes of the Heavens. Just because I was not expecting a beat 'em up slash tactical RPG based on an anime to be that good, <laughs> especially when I bought it for a buck fifty. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It was like the cheapest DS game I'd ever seen at that point. So I figured, hey, why not? Uh, um, the real-time strategy RPG based on Petri dishes. What? Curry Keen. Literally, Germ Warfare, the strategy RPG. Oh, my God. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that does sound pretty better good. than I expected. Because it was basically Pokemon where you were collecting microbes, growing them in your petri dish, and battling people <laughs> in petri dish arenas. Gotta contract them all. <laughs> yep. <coughs> uh, trying to think of some good ones. Fairy Fencer. Fairy Fencer. Really? Yes. Anna's been Anna loved that. She just yeah. finished it. Uh, I played it when it originally came out on PS3. Did not expect very much because Idea Factory. And then like the, the, op- the country of the company that strives for mediocre. Right. And I mean, there's there's are certainly some things not to like about the game. Like it's basically a lot of the mechanics are pretty typical and not all that original but the game starts out like most JRPGs do explaining their world and the mechanics and then you meet the main character who is only interested in getting food and just ignores like the fairy character or whatever that lives in his sword and yeah only cares about getting food and makes fun of like all the plot elements and it was just really, really unexpected, and because like uh, nothing I saw in any promotional materials or anything s- prepared me for that, and it was just surprising and entertaining. So, not the best game, but certainly, su- certainly uh, better than I expected. I'll have to say, uh, Monster Hunter stories was uh, something yeah. that uh, came out of left field. That that was pretty awesome. That's that would be a good one for me as well. Like I I like roundly ignored it for a while and then like 
my sister randomly bought it and was like obsessed with it. So finally, I like gave it a, a good chance, and yeah, it's it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, and not having really uh, played much of the modern Monster Hunter series, um, I was like, eh, why would I be interested in this? But it had the demo. I tried the demo the day it came out, just because. I randomly saw somebody chatting about it at one point. I was like, eh, whatever. I, I got it. I think I put seven hours into that demo. <laughs> Just, I mean, you can only go around that first area, but I pretty much explored every nook and cranny and did quite a bit. It's still a pretty meaty demo. Simulated oh, yes, Evil Link is back, baby. Welcome back. Sorry, Welcome I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, which demo were we discussing? Monster Hunter Stories. A game I was quest? pleasantly surprised. Yeah. A game that surprised you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't... Hmm. It's been a very long time since the game really surprised me. Sorry, you continue with that while I think about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was about it. Monster Hunter Stories. Surprised me. Ruined it. Great, great demo. Ended up being a great game. Yeah. Hmm. That did, like when you were saying big meaty demo, all I could think of was like, oh, that reminds me of the Dragon Quest VIII demo, and I guess that game surprised me because I didn't know what to expect out of Dragon Quest at the time because I didn't really have a chance to play the earlier ones. <laughs> Think, thinking back to my high school days when I was just randomly getting games from pawn shops, had a lot of surprises back then. Hmm. Yeah, like any time that you were just sort of like grabbing a game based off of like its box art or just how it looked on the shelf and then seeing where it was like it was going to be a surprise whether it was a good one or a bad one yep so judging those games by their cover Listen, mm. just, uh, there was a I time know, a lot of these important. games didn't have a cover when I got them <laughs> oh. judging this game by its discard <laughs> no by cartridge we're talking we're talking oh, yeah. Nintendo here Fair, fair. Oh, okay. Judging this game by its cartridge art and, like, whose mom had scribbled their, like, initials on it to make sure no one stole it. (laughs) Cartridge art, at least, you know, you had many more square inches. Now you're down to, like, square centimeters. It's true, but disc art was always larger than cartridge art for the most part. It's like a lot of the cartridge was just designed to not have art on it. Yep. So did everyone else already answer their surprise games? I don't get to hear about this anymore, I guess. <laughs> yep. Yep. Ooh, I mean, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, just some some random stuff I picked up. Um, uh, Nightmare Project Yakata. That one was bizarre, in all the good ways. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else. Um. Oh, oh, come on, bring. Okay, 100 games to go through. Let's see. Man, I don't know why you're not just rattling these off. <laughs> yeah, okay, Sergeant Frog RPG. Perennial, perennially beloved. Yes, even though I did kind of know what I was getting into with that one, I just didn't think they would have managed to do it as well as they did. Um, let's see, what else? Okay, Choco Vaders. Is this a... Is this... Space Invaders with Chocobos, because if that's the case, I'm sign me up. Mm-hmm. Nope. The original Chocobaders was were these little 
um, alien figurines sold with chocolate bars and um, by Nam by uh, Namco, and it was connected to an arcade game, and the Game Boy Advance game was a spinoff of it. And hmm. it was basic. I mean, it's actually not too dissimilar from Yokai Watch in concept, where you have a young boy and he's got an army of random aliens helping him out. There's no real capture mechanic or anything. They just join at different times. Mm. Um, but it's it, it's certainly a low-budget game, but it's pretty hilarious. Mm. Um, especially when the climax of the, of the uh, plot involves you harnessing literal pyramid power from Egypt to create a trans-dimensional shield to prevent the face of Mars from traveling all the way over the interplanetary distance to smash the planet. And then you actually have what to else? fly up into, like, L Lagrange 5 orbit and fight the face of Mars. Seems legit. It is just... <laughs> this, this is, like, one of the weirdest games I've ever played, and the... the and... The, like the little index for the aliens reads like a dictionary of every UFO sighting for the last hundred years. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! Quite detailed at times. Oh, the fact that it's got Lagrange points—that's pretty. Uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty good right there. Not to be confused with Lagrange point for Famicom. Uh. <laughs> it's just—it's just kind of bizarre at times. Um. Not, not at times. It is pretty bizarre throughout. <laughs> I mean, at, at one point early on, an alien's arrival is um, kind of heralded by the appearance of a crop circle in the middle of the school's playground. <laughs> That's fine. Everything's yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, and they went through great pains to find a way of naming the main character's hometown Yuho in kanji, which is the Japanese pronunciation of UFO. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff Just like going that. for it. Oh, yeah. I see some parallels here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, it I mean, it, it doesn't go nearly as over the top as Yokai Watch 3 does, however, you can kind of see that there's some similarities of design philosophy. Alright. Hmm. Anyway, I need to get going right about now. So. Alright. Have hmm. a good day. We will <laughs> see you next week. Yeah. Okay. Feel free to talk all about Kingdom Hearts now. Woohoo! Yes! It is my uh. time to shine. <laughs> Yay! Have fun! I'll just sit back and listen. <laughs> I sat through. I sat through the yokai watch. You can sit through this. All right. So. I, I did it. I did enjoy one and two back in the day. I have not touched that series in about twelve years though. Don't worry, Kingdom Hearts three doesn't think you have either. <laughs> <laughs> this will be something like when the entire. I think it's out for a hundred dollars now. You can get everything. One, two, uh, three, all hearts, the, the story so far. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait till we get all of that together for maybe a Black Friday deal or something. That's a lot of games. No, there was literally a product called Kingdom Hearts, the story so far. They sold it for 40 oh, bucks. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I want to get that plus 
three, all in uh, one, all in one package deal. Kingdom Hearts: The Dark Seeker Saga. Adios. Bye bye. Yeah. Have a See good you. one. Uh, yeah, I just I've been playing Kingdom Hearts three a lot. I just got to the point where the game starts really paying off old games, which is weird after playing so many games of like it's building up it's building up oh it's actually doing something (laughs) (laughs) so that's been fun sweet but but no no, we're not talking about the original plot we're talking about the disney worlds uh budai asking which kingdom hearts disney world do you really think captured and nailed what it was trying to do doesn't have to be your favorite but the ones that hit the mark maybe some that missed it pirates of the caribbean 3 in part pirates of the caribbean in part 3 has impressed me yeah i'm not sure how far wales has gotten and if he wants me to mention what that is i'm still in 2.9 wow i haven't, haven't played the, it at all i haven't really had the time do you do you want me to just mention what the gimmick of Pirates World is? I assume you you get to pilot a ship. So like think Assassin's Creed Black Flag but shrunken down. That sounds fantastic actually. <laughs> it's great. I love it. It's a uh, it's really fun. It's a uh, it's interesting to see Kingdom Hearts characters thrust into the middle of a story that is exactly as complicated as their own but not actually know anything about it. <laughs> Because it's thrusting them from... they Like, the first game was essentially Pirates of the Caribbean 1. The se- In Kingdom Hearts 3, it's essentially Pirates of the Caribbean 3 having skipped 2. <laughs> and it's huh. complicated. But it's it's great. It's a, it's a really fun world. Like, 3... Kingdom Hearts 3 does a lot to, like, try to make every world at least a little distinctive in how it actually plays. So, I feel like most of the Disney worlds in 3 are, like, top shelf, really good at realizing it. There's a great bit in the Toy Story world where your char- where it's all of your characters fighting what essentially is a giant anime doll, which is truly bizarre. There's, like, all these different toys you can interact with. It's a really great level. There's a... But I think that the only one that 3 misses the mark on is also the one where I assume that there was a lot of hands tied in how it had to be portrayed. Because the Frozen world in 3 is completely inscrutable if you have not seen the film Frozen. I say this, having never seen the film Frozen. Well, I think you just need to let it go. Buddy! So you know how Kingdom Hearts typically doesn't actually do the song and dance numbers from the movies? Mm-hmm. Frozen World has the entirety of Let It Go Sweet. reanimated in engine. Sweet. And That's the not... only interaction that the Kingdom Hearts characters have with it is to stare at it <laughs> and between verses just sort of be like, what is going on? <laughs> There is like there is definite there was definitely some sort of Disney mandate about how frozen characters were allowed to be used because Sora meets all of them once and then does something unrelated. Like it's amazing. Like you get to the cli- what I assume must be the climax of the film and it's probably being recreated pretty well and as Sora approaches it a giant like 
barrier stops him from entering, and then he fights a giant dire wolf for some reason. (laughs) He could not be more obvious to me that Disney was very, like, you do not touch what is happening in this film. This film is too (laughs) important as far as we are concerned. You are not allowed to interfere with it in any fashion. And so it's completely baffling. The story has no idea what to do with it. Like, there's characters that are just sort of floating around it, but they never actually interact with it. Like, the Kingdom Hearts villains never interact with it in a meaningful fashion. Sora, like, meets Elsa once, and then spends the entire rest of the world following her around and never actually coming into contact with her again. (laughs) And it's like, hmm, I think some... Like executives were staring at this world a lot and having very strong opinions about how it should be handled. But like, ironically, you contrast that with like a later one, like Big Hero Six, which is a great world in three, one of my favorites. I've never seen Big Hero Six, but they have a lot of ideas for how to do it, and evidently, no one's standing in their way from doing them. Nice. So, I mean, three just in general has really good worlds. I think. Nightmare Before Christmas in the first two was a really interesting one. Tron in two is really good. Uh, I think generally in the first few, the thing that they most go to the effort of nailing is the visual style. And I would say that those two have really distinct visual styles that the games nail really well. It's been more than a decade, but I definitely remember the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas ones. Those those are good. I loved the I loved the dumb plot that they came up with for Nightmare Before Christmas One, where it's just like, well, there's not a lot going on here, like because Kingdom Hearts One's plot is basically Sora, Donald, and Goofy go to a world looking for Sora's friends, don't find them, and then get lost in a Disney plot. <laughs> in in one, yeah, like the up. reason they get lost in the Disney plot, I love it's just that like, well, the, like Professor Finkelstein is just trying to make a freaking heart for the heartless so that he can force them to dance. And, like, that's the plot here. And Sora's, like, they don't leave even though they can, unlike most of the worlds where they, like, there is something preventing them from leaving. They don't leave even though they can because Sora just wants to see the heartless dancing. Sadly doesn't work. (laughs) But there's also a lot of great visual touches in that one. Like, there's the... There's, of course, the hill that actually extends under your feet as you walk along it, but also Jack's dog, Zero, that will disappear if you're looking at him. A lot of good uh, Nightmare Before Christmas details in those mm. first few games. I've been playing a lot of these recently. Uh, as for other ones that don't really stand up, I feel like the ones in Birth by Sleep are generally held back by the game's structure. It's very hard to keep a coherent grasp of what's going on in them because each character is playing a third of a film. And the worlds themselves are very like limited because they're stuck on the PSP, so you get some issues with that. <laughs> Tarzan world is terrible in the first game. That's mostly a function of like just bad game design rather than it failing to capture Tarzan, which is yeah. also not great. Uh, it ends with a giant heartless chameleon falling on top of a hunter, <laughs> which might seem unfamiliar if you haven't watched the latest cut of the film that I just made in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you know those uh, 
the the usual suspects being like birth by sleep is a really good game but it's pretty limited by its structure to make kind of not that interesting disney worlds uh frozen world in three is definitely the low point uh and like high points for one and two would be like nightmare before christmas and tron Oh, Dream Drop Distance's Fantasia World is really neat because of the way that it messes with the game's entire soundscape. Like, all of your attack sounds get replaced with things that are designed to fit the classical motif. <laughs> also, highly recommended. <laughs> sounds like a nice touch. And then there's, like, the super weird, like, they... Like, that one also has a Tron Legacy World, which is surprising only in the sense that it nails the actual uh, aesthetic disparity between Tron and Tron Legacy, which is pretty interesting. Also deeply unsettling uh, aged up Jeff Bridges, or aged down, I can't remember, it's been a while. (laughs) (laughs) Deeply unsettling either way. Let's see. Uh, So yeah, uh... Three, just in general, has a lot of structural shifts to uh, make the gameplay fit the world, but Pirates is the most drastic, because that world can be, like, 20 minutes or three to four hours, depending upon how much you decide to do shipbuilding. <laughs> shipbuilding, say. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, you pay for it in the currency of crabs. <laughs> um, like, uh, the animal crab? Yes, the okay, animal, like good. little white scuttling crabs. <laughs> good, good, good. Okay. This is a this game. Oh, right. Is going to no more. No more. Also, those are also animals that you're thinking of. <laughs> Moving on. We had germ warfare earlier in the episode. <laughs> what was I missing for? <laughs> yeah. You have no idea. Yeah, I'm kind of glad for that. Yeah, it's, it's very tempting for me to ramble about more Kingdom Hearts stuff. I am in the process of putting off the final world so that I can uh, make the Ultima weapon, and that's going to take me forever and a day. So, you know, I recommend it. <laughs> Good video game. I'm doing all of the freaking gummy missions. <laughs> Think of how broken of a human being I'd have to be for that to be the case. <laughs> Gummy ships in Kingdom Hearts 2, I spent way too much time on. I do remember that. I loved that. They've they've expanded them further. The most amusing thing about it to me is that all of the bosses for the Gummy missions in 3 were apparently handled by like the Einhander director, which is a deep cut development-wise to make. I'm not sure how many people even remember that Einhander happened. <laughs> but that was Square's one dalliance with the uh, side-scrolling shooter on the PS1. But, let's see. but yeah, that minigame's actually uh, <laughs> very different than it's ever been before. Uh, much more interesting in general. Um, but also done up in such a way that you're allowed to engage with it about as much or as little as you want to, which is important. Like, if you don't want to engage with it, you are allowed to just move from 
world to world, and there's very little that will stop you. But if you want to pour time into it, you can probably get at least an extra six to ten hours out of just doing all the gummy side mission content. Wow. Well. Yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty extra sort of game. So, uh, have we hit all of the questions from 104? Uh, I think that was the last one. That was from 105. Was that? Oh. Yeah. Um, so probably not. Well, there's one, uh, let's see, there's one here from 104 that's just the sheer variety of gameplay and content in Kingdom Hearts 3 is very impressive. I can't think of anything else that is even close, can you? So, it's kind of hard. Because the every world is kind of just a different thing entirely in a lot of places, so. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to hard to think of anything that's comparable. Wasn't um, it's probably not comparable, but uh, RE coded didn't that have kind of a lot of that used a similar concept where every world had to be at least a little like that that uh, owes back to originally being a uh, episodic cell phone game, right? But like every world in Recoded, like certainly to a lesser extent in both uh, quality and craftsmanship. Uh, had a different gimmick. So, like, you had the Olympus Coliseum world in that one was a turn-based, party-based RPG. Love it. Where you teamed up with Cloud and Hercules. So, that was definitely another one of those, like, everything's a little bit different, but nothing on the scale of what Kingdom Hearts 3 is doing. <laughs> That's, uh... I don't know how this game was allowed to exist for a multitude of reasons. <laughs> But like, it's yeah. I if if you have any fondness for any of its constituent parts, it's a really an impressive piece of work. So again, recommended. So how far do I have to get in the game to get to the Yokai Watch World? That does not exist. That's a, a crime against humanity, sir. It might be a post-game oh. piece of content. <laughs> oh. Now you're going to make him rush through the game. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> All according to Keikaku. Oh. Uh, Alright, let's see. Yeah. Do we want to hit this uh, Eternal Youth question? Sure. I think we hit part... We hit the favorite RPG of the decade part. Okay. Uh, which is good because I can't do that. I don't know how. It's <laughs> a lot uh, of we games. We the top part or the bottom part. Uh, we did the mini games too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you did mini games before I could talk about Kingdom Hearts again. <laughs> well, I, you know what? I think you just covered it very well with the. Uh, one of the things we said was if the mini games are not necessarily required, yeah. that kind of helps out the gummy ships thing here. Does that? Yeah. I mean, gummy ships. I I really enjoyed that. Into didn't really need to do much with it, but I did. Yeah, it was also one of those situations where they kept making it less required, but also making it better every time, which was impressive. Like in Kingdom Hearts ones, the gummy ships are, are a complete snore, and they take like three minutes every time you move between worlds, and <laughs> they're completely mandatory for the vast majority of the game. Yeah, pretty annoying. But, by three, it's like this. It takes very little time to move from world to world. There's a lot more to do in them if you want. 
and they're a lot more fun to play. So I'm going to stop talking about Kingdom Hearts for a bit there. <laughs> I mean, we we talked about Yokai Watch for like half an hour, so I think I think you've earned yeah. But you had two people discussing. True, this is true. me giving a terrible, terrible like TED talk about Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> You're holding your own, though. You're doing well. Doesn't mean I should be allowed to continue. <laughs> Touche. I, w- I would like to see an actual TED talk about Kingdom Hearts three. A TED talk about making about making a game that is allowed to be most most beneficial to one very small audience of people who've been following for seventeen years, <laughs> but which can still be fun. <laughs> Oh yeah, and also if either of you get around to it, I recommend going into the options and turning off the form change animations and the uh, attraction animations because they slow down the pace of com- of the combat like nothing else. But I like them. They're neat for the first fifty times, and that's like I just need to keep going with this combo. Okay. I have seen the frozen Keyblade transform into ice gauntlets like 30 times. <laughs> that is the thing it does. Oh man, that, oh man, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about how like the Pirates of the Caribbean Keyblade turns you into a dragon, it, it, not into a dragon, a Final Fantasy dragoon. That is rad. Need that. Like, need that. Like life. all of these, all of these Keyblade. Like that was one of the fun things that they did was they made it so that you could basically use every keyblade as much as you wanted like you can upgrade all of them individually but like they all have their own like thing that they do in combat so like the monsters inc one turns into like these electrified yo-yos that drag enemies to you and like it's it's really cool nice 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 okay so that means that the question would be like most influential rpg of the decade or that seems what they're trying to get there. Uh, which do you think it pushed it forward, pushed its genre forward, I guess? Which, again, that would be most influential in some sense. Uh, like, Eternal Youth making it makes a decent point about how many games chased The Witcher's Tale. Like, in a really strange way. In, in that sense, I would guess also Skyrim is up there, as, like, everything wanted to be that, and that influenced even The Witcher 3, which further influenced things, so you trace it back to, like, well, Skyrim sold well, time to make Skyrim. Yep. Um, yeah, so, as far as influential games, I think kind of answered his own question there. <laughs> Let's see. Like one, I guess. Hmm? I was just gonna say, I think we may look back years from now and see, and uh, Breath of the Wild is probably gonna influence a lot of games oh, in the yeah, coming yeah, years. Yeah. I can see that. <laughs> yeah, that made a big change about how people discuss open world games, and that will inevitably influence how people make open world games. Yeah, and especially the thing about that, more than just regular people. You know, loving the game. You see tons of developers like absolutely, you know, poor. Like they were all. The game. They were all like, like it was, it was as much just that like every, like every part of the industry that cared about video games had 
strong opinions about what Breath of the Wild had done for open world games, and that was uh, the shockwave for that is as yet forthcoming because of how long games take to make at this point, but I think it's going to be a big one. Then again, who knows? We like it's really hard to make these kinds of assumptions when this when there's still inactive concern. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, I guess let's let's throw throw one down the pipe just for wheels and me, which is uh, Budai's next question. Which is the best East game? Yeah. What is the best East? Select your answer now. Eight. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say it. I have not yet gotten around to eight. It's, I feel bad. I think it's kind of the culmination of a lot of the recent games we've played. Um, Oath and Much Fel- as Oath and Felgana was the culmination of the sixth style, this right. kind of the culmination of the seventh style. Oath and Felgana is usually my go-to answer, but I feel like eight really hits hits a lot of things really well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it, it's like that seven-style combat. It really hits that out of the ballpark. But just um, exploration and all kinds of other things, it just, you know, it, it felt like what they'd been trying to do all along with seven and, um, God, what's the name of the other one? Uh, sea of Trees. Memories of Calcutta. Memories of Calcutta. Thinking of the Japanese title. Yeah, it was Ocean of Trees, or something yeah. in Japan. Uh, as much as I love those games, they didn't quite like hit things perfectly, and this one I feel like hits so many things very, very well. It's them finally polishing it into yeah so. where you want it to be. Oh yeah, I just saw that one of these 104 questions was probably just complete gibberish to you when you looked at it. Which one? Yeah, yeah, I know which one you're talking about, actually. Yeah, what is that? (laughs) That is the Final Fantasy parody that exists in the Toy Story world of Kingdom Hearts 3. What? There is a joke Final Fantasy game where you see, like, the opening cutscene of it because the, like, the T-Rex toy is playing it. Oh my god. And it is... Like, other things parody Final Fantasy sometimes, but nothing can pitch-perfect parody Final Fantasy like someone who's worked on Final Fantasy. <laughs> because uh, Barum Rex is very specifically Final Fantasy. That reminds me, how is the voice acting in Toy Story World? Because I saw it's got, like, a, most of the original cast, other than the big names. Uh, yeah, Rex and, Rex and Ham are the one you hear the most of, and they are just, oh yeah, we just got them, because... John Ratzenberger's cheap, <laughs> but uh, but like they you know they they are of course spot on. Uh, Jim Hanks has been Woody in more places than Tom Hanks has been Woody. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> and I don't know who the sound alike is for Buzz. I'm pretty sure it's a sound alike, but it's a good one. So sweet. But yeah, that's like most of the sound alikes in three are much better than they have been in the past, and particularly Johnny Depp one in in Pirates of the Caribbean is uncanny in some places. <laughs> so, especially when you mix it with the animation, because like the animators got all of the weird like jostling he does while moving. <laughs> I don't know how to describe the weird drunken 
way that Johnny Depp moves in those movies, but the animation in Kingdom Hearts sure got it. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, in general, I think I think most of the Big Hero Six cast is the same. Uh, one of the one of the tangled leads is in there. The other is a sound alike. Ironically, the sound alike is the one who had provided a voice in Kingdom Hearts before, way back in the day. It's weird. <laughs> Original voice of Aerith, uh, Mandy Moore, is not in Kingdom Hearts three. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, actor who played Flynn and Tangled apparently uh, signed on specifically because it was Kingdom Hearts. So that's always fun. Isn't that um, uh, what's his name? Zach something. Chuck. I'm trying to remember what else he was in, but yeah, I think I, I think you know who you're talking about. Yeah, Chuck. <laughs> Yeah, it's Chuck. It's Shazam. Chuck. <laughs> yeah, I forget what his freaking name is. You, we both know what we're talking about. It doesn't yes. matter. All I have but to yeah. say is he's playing Shazam, because I think everyone's seen that trailer by now. It, it looks fun. I'm surprised. Yes. <laughs> and I mean like the the adult version of Shazam, not yeah. like the kid. He is not a small child. <laughs> but, yeah, uh... Zachary Levi, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Could not name his name. They got his. They got his actual voice. So you get you get plenty of him uh, being a uh, wannabe rogue. So that's always fun. Uh, but yeah, in general, like they either got the voice cast or got better soundalikes than they usually do. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. They, they seemed to have the Frozen cast in the booth for like six hours total. But <laughs> like Disney made sure they had them. They were not allowed to have sound alikes for Frozen. I gotta get uh, people ready for that sequel, man. Well, I mean, everyone loved Olaf's Magical Christmas, right? Did anyone actually watch that? Everyone was furious about it because it was thirty minutes and it lasted and it played before Coco and everyone thought they'd gone it the was wrong. Thirty break. minutes long. It was originally oh, supposed to be a fuck. TV thing. It was well, R eighteen now. Um, it was originally supposed to be a. Uh, it was originally supposed to be like an ABC special, and then they were like, maybe we can goose the numbers on Coco. People will see this new Pixar movie if there's Frozen in front of it. Would they see it anyways? Freaking Pixar! <laughs> Jesus! And yet here we are. Wow. Yeah. Coco was a very good movie. Yes, uh, I would like to see that in a future Kingdom Hearts game. That would be fun. Oh yeah, speaking of uh, sound likes, uh, Monsters Inc. also has good sound likes. They're they're That's pretty good. good at. Uh... Yeah, I assume they would never get that cast. <laughs> Listen, Beatles, I'm sure I, know, I just noticed your Pikachu name here that you're playing with. I <laughs> oh, I have until just now. Uh, I named them all after Yokai. <laughs> wow. I was gonna sit on the party screen for a second so you can just take so it we all. Can in. all admire your madness. Yes. <laughs> oh, there was actually people commenting in the chat. Oh, well, who's commenting in my chat? Yeah. Uh. Pause saying, I figured if I had finished by 10 Eastern, I wouldn't overlap. <laughs> oh, it's all good. It's all good. Joke's on you. Uh, and then Budai saying he finished off KH3 with a Platinum and had a great time with it. Nice. Platinum. Yeah, he must have been just going at that like 
Uh, like I wish I had time to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, watch out. Let's see. Start. Oh yeah, this this entire additional Kingdom Hearts rant branched off of Verum Rex, which I don't think they'll ever make, but I kind of would play it if they did. <laughs> They used it to make a really dumb multilingual pun that maybe five human beings on the planet will get because it's a uh, because they did not fully they did not translate his name because then you would lose the it's so like the protagonist of Verum Rex is named Yozora, which is supposed to be like it's it's a reference to not the meaning of Noctis's name in Latin, but if they had translated the name. To reference the meaning, you not only wouldn't realize that it was a reference to Noctis, you wouldn't realize how directly it was a reference to Sora, except that Rex keeps talking about it. <laughs> because Rex spends that entire world being like, oh, you're toys from that game, that game that I play. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, I need to I need to how far how far in the game is Toy Story World? Uh, Toy Story is it's relatively early on. It's uh, one of the first two Disney worlds you're given access Sweet. to. You can choose between that and Tangled. Well, I know which uh, one I'm choosing. They're both great, but uh, yeah, like that one. There's a lot of there's a lot of care in that. Uh, there's also a really great little like Final Fantasy has largely been scrubbed from Kingdom Hearts by virtue of rights issues I'd imagine because Disney does not probably want things in it that they don't own the rights to but there is a really cute reference to Final Fantasy that when you find it in the Toy Story world it plays the Final Fantasy like victory ba battle victory theme <laughs> and it's just like it, it took me a while to realize what I was looking at when that played and I realized what it was I was like oh So, yeah. It's a good world. I recommend that game. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening to me drone on about it for probably a solid half hour at this yeah. point. <laughs> what game are you talking about again? <laughs> well, Kingdom Hearts 3, available for your PlayStation 4 or Xbox One. Currently, about 5 million copies sold. Not bad. You okay watch 3, you say? I feel like that's a different game that hasn't been in development for 15 years. And probably hasn't sold 5 million copies. <laughs> I mean, it's sold plenty wow. in Japan. Well, let me tell you about the... Uh, what is it? Let's see. I couldn't get it from Amazon. Yep. Amazon never gave me a delivery date. So uh, huh. luckily happened to be out at the mall Friday night with my parents. And I was like, oh, I think there's a GameStop in here. Walked in there. They're like, yeah, we got one copy and it's being held. <laughs> I was like, okay, um, but I was like forty minutes from home, so I was like, you know what? There's a few more Game Stops on the way. So uh, as I was driving home, I just kept calling them one after another, and <laughs> one manager managed to find one in a box in the back. She she literally Gosh. didn't know like that it was out that day. She was a little puzzled that it was on her screen and. But, I get the sense that that game was not was somewhat sent to die on the assumption that they just need to make sure that the brand stays alive until they sell the Switch version. Yep. Yeah, so, I'm sorry. Uh, 
I, I was excited that I got it, though, so... Yeah. Uh, I was looking at, like, sales numbers on new 3DS games and saw that, uh, what was it, the Mario and Luigi 3 remake, the numbers came in and, like, it was, its it sales first week had been, like, in the territory of Virtual Boy Mario Tennis. Ooh. Oh, boy. So 3DS is dead. Yeah, yeah like, it's, it's frickin' over. <coughs> Like, at this point, I feel like... Like, that was the American sales numbers. Yeah. So, like, at this point, I feel like basically anything that comes out on 3DS is kind of a charity case and or, like, a company didn't realize how long it was going to take. Wow. Do we really have much left other than a PQ2? Persona Q2. In Japan, there's Dyson Ryaku, like, 50. Did that, um... Did Kirby Epic Yarn for the 3DS come out already? Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn? Yeah. Uh, I believe that's still forthcoming. Okay. It is. But, uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn, which has a release date of... Why on earth is one of the first results I'm seeing for from Crunchyroll? Uh, I'm, I'm very much in denial about the end of the 3DS. Sorry, Wheels. You're going to have to play your Etrian Odyssey Nexus now. I just bought myself a new 3DS six months ago because I've got such a backlog. It was actually worth it to have it and be like, all right, you know, I've got a stack of games. It's good to make sure that you'll have, like, the best possible version of the hardware anyway. Exactly. Like, you're going to be... People are going to be playing 3DS games well into the 2020s. It's just... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, Extra Epic Yarn comes out on March 8th, 2019. Okay. So, just before Yoshi's Crafted World, which will uh, outsell it like 10 to 1. <laughs> I'd say 20 to 1. Yeah, that's, that's not an unreasonable assumption. <laughs> oh, 3DS. I will miss you. Like, 8 years is a pretty good lifespan. Yeah. Yeah. It it was a 2011 system, regardless of when you jumped on. Uh, I mean, I had pie-in-the-sky dreams of, oh, the next, you know, the next thing. The 4DS! Okay, the 4DS, or the next, you know, portable-slash-home console system. That'll have two screens, too, right? It'll be backwards compatible. I'm not (laughs) sure how that would work with their design goals. It wouldn't. I was fooling myself. Because I wasn't ready to accept that the 3DS was coming to an end. As well as dual screen gaming. So. It was, well, now you just have to make a virtual dual screen, sort of like a virtual machine. Yeah. You pop it in your flip grip, and then the bottom part of the screen becomes like the mapping screen, and then... I, I'm not sure if Wheels is still following or if he's just crying now. Yeah, a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> we should do a Memorial 3DS cast at some point. Yeah, after Q2 comes out, we'll do something like that. Because I think that's pretty we'll, much going to be it. We will toast to our departed friend. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else announced. No, there is pass there. Yeah, like I said, even in Japan, the only physical release announced for after that is like Dyson Ryaku, which 
Probably not getting a Western release, not going to lie. Yeah. If Japan's not getting anything, we're not getting anything. Certainly not anything that isn't based off of a children's show. Mm. Yeah, I think Yokai Watch 3 is probably going to be the last 3DS game I even bother trying to get a GameStop. And I mean, even that, I had to like beg the manager, like, please, please, for the love of God, <laughs> is there any way you can get this for me on release day, please? I'm reminded of, like, the only time I've ever had the the experience of there's one copy at the GameStop and it's held was when it, I was the one it was held for and it was the original Devil Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe Yokai watches Devil Survivor 4. Yes. It's, it's, I don't, you know, I think I've talked about this before, I really don't understand how this game happened. I'm not going to complain. And I would really love to interview whoever the hell localized this because a lot of love was put into it and it's, pretty shocking to me because obviously it feels like it must have been a case of we want to make sure that there isn't a skipped game even if we aren't going to put that much uh it could be also behind selling it yeah i mean yeah. Uh, obviously they it's... spent good money to get this level of translation and effort yeah i mean i i the series hasn't been like a complete bomb in the west i would say but probably hasn't exactly been pokemon either right but there, Correct. there's you. You look around on the internet. There's definitely like there's a fan base there. Yeah, and it's not Pokemon, but it's also not Robopon. <laughs> right. Like the people. I'm are there. very sorry if I awakened anyone's memories of Robopon with that. I don't know what that is. I'm just going <laughs> to keep going. It was a Hudson <laughs> Pokemon knockoff for the Game Boy Color. It had a bunch of very strange, bad ideas for cartridge features. Like, it literally had, like, an IR sensor on the cartridge, and it had, like, a an alarm that, like, a sound effect buzzer that made noises even when the game was turned off. What the hell? Uh, it was a very bad idea. Sounds like it. Very much of the period where, like, it could only have existed in the term times of, like... Oh, oh no, Pokemon! Someone, we need a Pokemon! <laughs> yeah, Yokai Watch was not a uh, world beater in the West, but it's still a, still a popular franchise in Japan. I suspect we will probably get four. <laughs> That'll sure. be... Because they'll have changed a bunch of... They look like they've changed a bunch of the mechanics. It's a really easy point to relaunch and sell in the West again. Yeah, they could at least re... Instead of calling it 4, they could always rename it with a subtitle or something. If they wanted to. I mean... Fine. <coughs> anyone who assumes that people won't just buy a game with a, su- with a number slapped onto it that's arbitrarily large, it's uh, a little silly at this point. I mean... Yeah. People buy whatever for a lot. <laughs> We'll see. If they're going to bring it over here, since it's... I hope they don't... Well, I guess it's not slated till later in this year in Japan anyway, so they it wouldn't be localized at the same time as Pokemon Gen 8, so... I don't know. That, that'd be like a next summer kind of thing. Yep. Need time to carefully localize all those puns. Yeah, they're not doing simultaneous localization like Pokemon, that's for sure. No, no, no. definitely not. Yeah. 
Uh, what a charming game. I'm just enjoying looking at Pokemon Let's Go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as much as I can quibble about little things, it's uh, it's good. It's good times. I just love seeing Pokemon just sort of animating around the world. Yep. <laughs> I've forgotten just how upsetting Bellsprout is. <laughs> Dude needs to eat a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> Wasting away. Here in Margaritaville? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. It's fine. Wasting you couldn't have known. Why are you sending a grass type out against a grass type? I don't know. What what else am I supposed to send out? Uh Jibanya? Presumably a fire type, if you don't have that. Oh, fire type? The other thing grass is weak to a bug type of some sort. I'm gonna send send out Hovenyan. AKA Rattata. Yeah, no, I, I worked <laughs> that out. <laughs> I don't know why you've done this. It was a thing. Oh, okay. Wow, okay. That you might be a criminal of some sort. Well, Rip, oh, you that didn't work out well. <laughs> <laughs> I choose you, Jabanyan. All right, do we have any more questions? No, I'm sure I can find another way to talk about Kingdom Hearts, but that seems like just a bad choice for us all, so... All right. Uh, so send us questions in the normal place, etc. Um... Uh, yokai watch questions are certainly welcome and will be given top priority uh, that sounds like legit <laughs> also sounds like the right thing to do correct the moral thing to do yeah. also it was good to have you as a new guest I'm sad I was gone most of that time <laughs> oh thank you for having me no problem we will drag you on again sometime all right, yeah. All right, uh, and I'm going to hit turn this off in a second. So, uh, yes, please uh, send us some more questions. Uh, Japan Dream. Now that Budai was is back from his vacation or from his, his long boycott of us bashing a certain franchise. Uh, We're going to try to be nice, too. Yes, <laughs> thank you for all your great questions. And uh, Turtle Youth as well. Did anyone else send any questions this week? <coughs> Other persons who we may have missed as well. Eternal Youth, uh, Budai, that was basically all I of think them. That was it. All right. All right. We'll see you. We next appreciate time. you both and yes. anyone else who sends in questions. <laughs> Peace out. Peace. Peace.